Looking Up. This is a podcast for Christian women. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Kathy Pollard. I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and with me is my dear friend, Carla Moore, and she and her husband, John, are currently in Denver, Colorado, where they spend part of the year working with the Bear Valley Bible Institute, and then they spend the other part of the year in their hometown of Dripping Springs, Texas. Carla, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great. It's a nice day and get to talk to you, so it's a good day. Yay! I've already been thinking how busy you are because school kicked off this week at the Bear Valley Bible Institute. So I know you have a bunch of new students coming in. You've had opening chapel Mm -hmm. classes. You're teaching tonight in the women's program. So I know you have a lot going on. Trying to learn names. That's always the the tricky part for the first week is sorting out names and making sure I don't call somebody the wrong name. And so you learn their names, you fall in love with them. And then two years Mm -hmm. later, they leave. Yeah. But, yeah, but there's always new ones coming in all the time. So yeah, and they stay in touch. Exactly. And yeah. you get to watch where they go around the nation serving mm-hmm. God. So it's such a great work. I'm glad you're yes. a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been there and, and know exactly what it's like. So yeah, been there it's recently. Great... We spent yeah. Saturday and Sunday in Colorado. It was a really quick trip, but it was so great. And mm-hmm. um the weather was perfect. <laughs> Sorry, we got you up so early on Sunday morning though. Uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. You guys yeah. had us over for a delicious breakfast. Um, yeah. Don't forget to send me that recipe for that casserole that I, I texted it to you. Remember? Oh, that's right. You did. That was but just it's... an excuse to bring it up really. Cause oh, it was okay. so good. So, so good. <laughs> did it have green chilies in it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm, I love it. That's what makes it good. But mm-hmm. if people don't like green chilies, you can leave it out. So yeah, who doesn't but, like green chilies? Oh, there's some people out there. Oh. Some people. Now that's a good one. That's my go-to. And we have that for dinner sometimes. It's got, well, I won't say what's in it because people may not want to try it. I guess if they're going to make it, they're going to have to know what's in it, right? Yes. Eggs and Monterey Jack cheese and cottage cheese and lots of butter and yeah, green cottage chilies. Cheese in it? Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. So good protein. Uh huh. Gives it good texture. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. There's a little, a little bit of flour in it, but you can make it gluten-free with um, almond flour. And then that would be mm-hmm. the only gluten in it. So, so I, I have fixed that for some student meals before we'll have breakfast for dinner sometimes. And, and it's always gone over well. So that's mm-hmm. a good one. It was delicious. Thank you Thank for you. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I felt so, kind of bad for saying y'all want to come at six 30. Is that too early? What time? Yeah, it was you felt, we felt bad because we said, let's take you guys out to breakfast. And then you said, why don't you just come over to the house so we won't feel as rushed? Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, I'll bring some bagels. And then you said, okay, and I'll make breakfast casserole and have fruit. And I was like, well, and then later you said, if you don't want to bring bagels, we have this sourdough bread that Brian Ketchum made. So literally I told Neil and he said, so basically we just invited ourselves over to their house for <laughs> breakfast because that whole thing just completely turned around and you did all the work. So. No, it turned out just like we wanted it to, because that way we could just walk over to worship yes. at nine that morning or to class. And so it was good. I was, it was great. Excited to see it. you. Yeah. yeah. It was Especially because so, I'm not going to see you at PTP because y'all are going to be home this year since mm-hmm. Janelle's going to have the baby soon. Hopefully any day now. She's really hoping she has that baby by then. Yes. Yes, she is. I saw her last night because she was here for our ladies Bible study and she's ready to have that baby, but she's tired of everybody asking her if she's had that baby. (laughs) (laughs) You remember what that's like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 But she looks so cute. You know, she's Mm -hmm. just her tall, slender self. And then her pregnancy is only in her belly and she looks adorable, but 
Yeah. Some of us aren't quite so lucky with that. No. Only pregnant in the belly, huh? No, I was pregnant everywhere. My <laughs> face, my arms, everywhere, just pregnant mm-hmm. all over. But she just looks so cute and we're excited for them. You know, they're yeah. going to be it's wonderful, funny. wonderful parents. I remember um, when I was in labor with Micah, my sister-in-law came in the room holding their daughter, Lauren, who is, she was about seven months old at the time. And, you know, she was a baby, seven month old baby. And so several hours later, Micah was born and, you know, he's six pounds, 14 ounces or whatever. And Lauren, uh, Karen and Lauren came back in a few hours later and Lauren looked like a giant, you know, just that comparison between seven months and a newborn. So you'll see that with with Rich and Jude, just, you think Rich is a little bitty now, but he's going to look like I a giant. Know. And Rich is six months old and looking so cute. Just at that perfect age where they're filling out and getting their little chunky legs. And mm-hmm. he's, I got to take him to into the word class Monday night. Cause I had mm-hmm. him for a few hours and it was my first time taking him out, you know, with yeah. just me without his parents being there. So that was kind of special. And since we're talking about that quick shout out to Jennifer Harrison, I had no ride because uh, I needed tires replaced on my car and Neil had his truck away Mm -hmm. out of town. And so um, I put a little request in the church group for somebody out in my area to come pick me up if they were going to enter the word and she volunteered and she doesn't live anywhere near here. (laughs) Well, does anybody live near you? Y'all? Yeah, we have, we have a few families out here, but she was the first one to volunteer and And I was so glad because she helped me with the, I say she helped me. She did it. She put the car seat in for me. Um, She helped with Rich during the class, you know, Mm -hmm. so very sweet, very fun. Yeah. Well, those car seats have changed over the years. I remember ours just used to thread through the back with the, with the regular seatbelt, but now they have anchors and things. I'm sure. They do. Emily was giving me a little quick tutorial and I'm looking at it going, what? (laughs) <laughs> if you need a YouTube to I know. put your car seat in, it's a little difficult. I know. And she yeah. was saying they're, they're really simple. They're really simple. And I'm just looking at it going, what's that for? <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, uh, you're talking about Rich's chunky thighs. Have you ever wondered why fat thighs are cute on a baby, but they're not so cute on a grown woman? Or dimples. Yeah. Well, they have dimples everywhere and they're adorable, but it's Dimples well, your on chin us. would be okay, but yeah, but dimples everywhere else. Yeah, El- elbow <laughs> dimples, <laughs> lower body dimples. <laughs> yeah, we probably should Not just stop there. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so did so we recorded late last week, and we're recording early this week. So you may not have had a chance to go thrifting. No, um, I I ran inside the other day and. I don't know if you saw it was on my table, but I found an old pit game. Do you remember it? Did, did y'all I ever did play see pit? that? No, I did see that. I was curious because, you know, I like games, but yeah, I didn't well, know what it was. We used to play it when I was a kid and I don't even remember how to play it. But when I saw the box, I was immediately, oh, I've got to have that. And Aww. it looks vintage. I don't know mm-hmm. how old the game is, but I, I just had time to pick it up. It was like $2. So I brought it home and I haven't opened it. I haven't even opened it yet to see it, but no, I haven't found anything exciting and I still haven't sold my Chanel shoes yet. I've listed them, but I haven't sold them yet. I'm kind of holding out for a higher price. So yeah, I'm sure you'll much. get it. Yeah. Well, what's going Hang on in there? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on around? Are you still gathering from the garden? Of course you are. It's August. Yeah. Pretty much just that. Just trying to keep our head <laughs> above water because we got into town late 
Sunday night. Neil left early Monday morning. He's in Texas recording this week. And um, we had Into the Word class Monday, Ladies Bible class over here yesterday, and now it's today. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much everything that's gone on since I saw you last. <laughs> so you your car has been out of commission. So you've been kind of stuck at home. Well, just not- mo- just Monday. Oh, okay. Because we had we were coming back from the Connect conference and we ran over a bolt. Oh. And so we had to order the tires and they didn't come in until Tuesday. And yeah. so I had an appointment. Yes. So Neil left early Monday morning. So it was just Monday that I didn't have a vehicle and I'm okay with that. I like mm-hmm. staying at home anyway. And I was able to, to hitch a ride to, into the word class. So. Yeah. How was connect conference? It was good. I didn't know y'all went. Yes. Well, Neil spoke and um, Hiram and Brittany spoke. And mm-hmm. so we went over there for the day on Saturday. And Is it Nashville? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They Nashville. Do re- I've noticed people Nashville. say Nashville. Yeah. They do a really good job with it. It was, it was good. Heard some yeah. great lessons while we were there, but anyway, coming back from that in the evening, we hit a bolt and messed up my tire. So, but that's okay. Yeah. You got it, it all done now. It's all done now. Yeah. Good. <laughs> We wanted to share, you and I wanted to share uh-huh. this cute little phone charging station that um, we got from Anita Bates. She mailed each of us one of them, and it was such a cute little package and wrapping that came in the mail. How fun is it to get something fun in the mail? Just a thoughtful gift. And she, it says, so very thankful, forever and grateful, unbelievably blessed. And she mm-hmm. included a little note. You have the note with you, don't you? Well, yeah. And then I took it over to the, to the office a minute ago and left oh. it there. Sorry, but she was just she, so sweet. They get, she gave us a cute little note thanking us for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome. And thank you for this. And um, it's really neat. When it first came, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, me either. I, I mean, thought, I had an idea. It must have, I knew it because was supposed to balance on the back, yeah, but I had it, it in wrong. Cause it came. Yeah. It comes with, I'm trying to get it apart now. It comes in these uh, <laughs> two pieces. Yeah. And so it, any people that are watching can see what I'm holding up, but, and so I put it in there wrong and I thought it was a plaque that was, that you just display, yeah, you know, uh-huh. which is cute enough by itself. And then when I wrote her and thanked her for it, she said, they come in handy. And I thought, huh? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe I don't know what this is for. And so then she explained that you prop your phone up on it when you're yeah. charging it. It's got this little slotted area for the cords and stuff. So anyway, so cute. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Anita is from Southeast Texas. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, I like you, I didn't know what it was. And I, I took a picture of it. I put it together the wrong way and sent her a picture. And I said, I love it. And I've had balanced my iPad on it because that's what I'm thinking I'll use it the most for. And she wrote back and said, yeah, well, you turn the little panda face down and put it in the other way. And that made it a whole lot more stable, but yes. it'll be perfect for me because I like to read at the dinner table. John, a lot of times he'll be watching TV or something and I'll bring out my iPad and read. And so it'll hold, hold my iPad up. So oh, it's yeah. a very handy gift. Very, very sweet. sweet. Very sweet of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wanted to mention, I know we have a lot to cover today because I get to interview you. <laughs> You get to be in the hot seat this week. Yeah, it's going to be so it. much fun. I'm so excited. But before we get into that, I wanted to share that we have listeners in 43 countries. That blows my mind. I know. And the cool thing is, so some of the countries, you know, we have Singapore, Japan, Australia. Shout out to anybody listening from those places. Mm-hmm. 
Israel, of course, that makes sense. Germany, Malaysia, Brazil, Kenya, <clears throat> Philippines, Jamaica, South Africa, France, Italy, Belgium, Denmark. I mean, India, it just goes on and on. It's so fun. Yeah. But then you can actually click on these countries and it tells you where oh, wow. the listeners are. So I'll just share a couple. For instance, in Canada, we have listeners in New Brunswick, Alberta, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, Ontario, Quebec, and Manitoba. Wow. And then in New Zealand, Waikato, Waikato, I don't know how to pronounce don't that know. one. Auckland, Manawatu, Wanganui, Hawks Bay, Wellington. Those are just fun to say. I know, Canterbury and the Bay of Plenty. So the Bay of Plenty. The Bay of Plenty. So those are just a couple, but I thought that is so cool. And thank you um, yeah. to the ladies who are listening to us. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you and are so thankful that you're joining in this conversation with us. Yeah. It'd be fun maybe next week in the group to ask people to chime in where they're from. Cause yeah, I was wondering how many of these would actually be in the Facebook group. That would yeah. be neat. That's a good know. idea. Yeah. Good idea. Um, do you have anything else you want to share before we jump in? This is going to be so fun. Oh no, let's just jump in. Let's get it over with. <laughs> oh, tell us this real quick. I know you went on a bike ride. Oh Last yeah. Night. Yeah. Tell we went about, on a date. Tell us about that. You went on a date. Well, we went over to River Point off of Sheridan and um Santa Fe, I guess is where that is, here in Colorado, Denver. Mm-hmm. We just we had talked about going on a date because it's been a while. We were gonna go Monday night, but I had something that I needed to finish. Um an overdue. I'll I'll not mention how overdue it was, but <laughs> so we went last night. And I wanted to apologize too. I listening to po- last week's podcast. I felt like I was clearing my throat constantly, which is annoying to me. I didn't notice it. Well, sorry for those of you who did, cause it was, it's yucky. But anyway, we, we rode over to um, river point to Panera and just sat outside and, and enjoyed the mountains. And there was some rain showers. You could see they were passing over the mountains. There's actually tornadoes in, in Eastern Colorado last night. So this may have been the tail end of that, but um, Mm -hmm. just nice, cool breeze. And it was about, I think we went almost 15 miles. So yeah, I was going to say that's not right around the corner from you. That's a pretty good distance. Yeah. So how do you, so I guess there's back trails to help you avoid the traffic. They have so many trails here in Mm -hmm. Denver and I've been looking forward to getting back to them. I just, it's so much fun, but yeah, there's several overpasses that we have to go under and they're a little sketchy and a little dark. And I'm pretty sure we passed some either drug deals or <laughs> something going on under there. We just put our heads down and pedal and, uh, and we go through, I mean, it's just so much fun. Cause we go through mm-hmm. this park where the kids are playing and we, it follows bear Creek and, um, we pass several golf courses and, and it's mostly going that way is slightly going downhill and mm-hmm. anytime you go downhill you know you're going to, have to come you know back what up. that means yes yeah, yeah. and so oh. coming back was more of a workout but I don't know I just love bike riding because mm-hmm. it's fun and you have time to think and I'm with John but yet he's usually I don't know 500 yards ahead of me <laughs> but I, I can usually see his blinking light and it's just it's good exercise. There's so many good mm-hmm. things about it. And anyway, we were sitting there last night eating supper and he said, 10 years ago, I would have never, I could have never seen us here. I mean, in Denver, for one thing, riding bikes to supper, another thing, it's just mm-hmm. not, not something we would have imagined doing, but 
it's been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. I love that y'all do that. And I think I already mentioned on here that you guys inspired us and we went and got our own bikes. Mm -hmm. We each found one on Facebook marketplace. And, um, so we have good places to ride. We haven't discovered them all yet. We've actually only done it once. You probably have to put the bikes in your truck to go somewhere, wouldn't you? We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't ride anywhere from here. The roads just aren't safe. Yeah, they're backcountry roads with blind curves and crazy traffic, and so we go into town. But yeah. I say that we've only done it one time. <laughs> well, <laughs> it does make it harder if you can't just ride out your door, and and we found yeah. that out. We found that to be true when we were in Driven because we live on gravel. And so you have to put the bikes in the car. And if you have to do that, mm-hmm. it just takes a while. We did it some does. of that this summer. We would we would put them in the truck and just go down. Um, I think I mentioned it. There was a new subdivision going in. And so we would just ride around. There was no traffic and we could ride up and down those streets. And that wasn't nearly as much fun. There's no mountains there. So, mm-hmm. but the first time, I know, I think I've t- I know I've told you about this. The Almost the first week that we bought these bikes last year, we took them down to um, Bear Creek, just, just down the road. We follow the road and kind of curve around. And then we cross over Bear Creek. There's a little bike. Well, it's not just bikes, it's pedestrian, but it goes over a creek. And John, of course, was ahead of me. And I was pretty new to riding the bike again. It had been since I was 10, I guess, since I had ridden a bike. And you know how, when you're trying to go up a little hill, you tend to kind of pull on the handlebars just to kind of Mm -hmm. get some momentum going. Mm -hmm. So this guy was coming toward me on, on the, on his bike. And I'm, you know, we're, we're coming towards each other. I had this wire basket on the front of my bike to hold my phone and a water bottle and my sweater. And I think the little pump that you can pump up your tire. And it made me nervous when I saw him coming because I wanted to scoot over and get out of his way. And I was trying not to fall. And I thought, I'm going to, you know, I could just see our kids because we had sent them pictures and we just knew they were going to (laughs) say, mom, you're, you don't have any business riding a bike. So I was trying not to fall. And when I kind of pulled over to the side, I'm trying to pull my, my bike to the right. And it caught the edge of the, the gate or not the gate, the, the fence between me and the creek below yeah, and I didn't fall, but it kind of jerked me to the right a little bit, jerked my wheel. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, you know, while I'm trying to watch this guy going past me, John up ahead and out of the corner of my eye, I saw something sail out of the basket and into the creek below. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, how you have that mental track going. It's not really conscious thought, but your subconscious. And I'm thinking, I hope that was the water bottle and not my phone. And uh, yeah, I looked, I got down off of the bridge, little bridge thing. And I looked down at my watch and there's a little notification on there that connects to your phone. Mm-hmm. And I slowly saw the little red battery symbol come up that indicated that my phone was dead. So sure <laughs> enough, my phone went into the Creek and that was literally the first week we had our bikes. And oh had- no. Yep. Had to get a new phone, but I had insurance and it was about time to be replaced mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah. Do you still get nervous a- when you see other people come in and you're on your bike? Oh yeah. Oh, thinking, Usually is there, slow down. is there a bike etiquette? Are you, am I supposed to get over a certain way or yeah. you know how there's different roles for bikes and runners mm-hmm. sharing the path? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can imagine Denver is very, very bike friendly. Lots, so. Yeah. Lots of bikes and runners. Yeah. And okay. so they have down here 
close to us. They have a path, one side of it's gravel and the other side's concrete. And one of them's for bikes and one's for pedestrians. And I'm not sure which is which, but it just, we stay off, mm-hmm. off one and then let the pedestrians have the other, but it's lots of fun. No oh, good. That's yeah. a fun date. Mm-hmm. It we was. usually eat pizza. <laughs> if there had been a pizza joint around, we would have picked that. Panera is <laughs> not my favorite. It was okay. But John like, likes it. I so. like their broccoli cheddar soup. Mm-hmm. We had chicken and wild rice. And actually I thought of um, the bread bowl, soup bowl mm-hmm. that we had there because y'all made chicken and wild rice to go in those bread bowls. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. Well, you can feel better about eating there on your date if you're biking back from it mm-hmm. uphill. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm glad that you mentioned that John said something about 10 years ago. You couldn't have imagined being where you are now because that's exactly how I want to introduce this interview. So, Carla, did you know 10 years ago, I began a series on my blog, Life in Favor, where I started interviewing Christian women, mostly preachers' wives. And the very first one that came out was on May 6, 2013. And it was you. Hmm. 10 you years. That? 10 years ago. And you were my very that. first one that I ever did. Okay, now so, it's my turn to have that face. I So I went back and read it. And mm-hmm. the questions that I asked at the time, you know, it was an interview and I sent you all these questions and you answered them and I shared them on the blog. And so much in your life has changed in 10 mm-hmm. years. I mean, in some ways, 10 years seems like a long time and others not. But um, so Micah was only 15 and he still lived at home. Yeah. So imagine yeah. that now and look at him now. He's a, yeah. he's married. He's a father. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't making trips to Israel. You weren't mm-hmm. living in Colorado half the year. You didn't have any grandchildren mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. And now you have a lot of grandchildren. <laughs> Five, almost six. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just think about all the changes. And now I get to interview you again, a little bit different platform this time. Um, and I just love how I've known you long enough to see God use you in so many incredible ways. And he already was then, you know, I was drawn to you for lots of reasons concerning that, but what a fun blessing to be able to look back and just kind of see your journey. I've been able to watch some of that and see where God has led you both and how he's using you. And who knows 10 years from now if we're having this conversation again, what it'll be like, but, um, okay. So when you interviewed me, you started off with some of the things that you know about me. You said most people might know about them and I could do the exact same thing with you. And I wanted to start out with the scripture writing that you're involved with. And, um, for those of you that are tuning in and haven't been with us from the very beginning, you can go back. Cause I believe our very first episode was about you and your scripture writing. Is that right? Uh So you can go back and listen to our very first episode on this podcast and hear all about scripture writing, but it's basically where um, Carla has created a scheduled Bible writing program. You can just look at it online or you can print off hard copies. And I mean, literally thousands of women from all around the world are a part of this every single day and writing God's word together. And I also know that a lot of congregations, ladies, Bible classes are using that. They're all doing their daily scripture writing together on their own. And then they come together for a class and talk about it. So that's just one cool 
thing that you're currently involved in that has this huge impact. Um, I mentioned already that you serve as Dean of Women at the Bear Valley Bible Institute, and you've been doing that for how long? Three years. And with Terry, I always, always want to say, because we do it together, I'm not here all of the time. And I always feel like she, she just does so much of the work and she's the behind the scenes. And anyway, we are, we're coworkers. So I may be called the Dean of Women, but she and I really do that together. Well, it's a, you're perfect for the job. It's a big job and you have an office there at the school and you work with all the, the women coming in and some of those will be wives from the students, but also just women students that are going through the program themselves. Right. Yeah. And um, so you're involved with that and also teaching classes. You teach two classes mm-hmm. in the women's program, including mm-hmm. tonight, one that mm-hmm. you'll begin tonight. Um, you and John are doing Bible passages, trips to Israel, where you lead tours in the land of the Bible, and you've been involved with that for how long? Uh, I think 2016, so seven years. Coming up on seven years. I say involved with that, and it makes it sound like it's somebody else's program, but y'all started that. That's your thing. Um, you're both very knowledgeable about the land. They're very passionate about it. And to anybody listening who has ever had Israel on their bucket list, or even if you haven't, you want to go and you want to go with John and Carla because they'll make you, they make it come alive. They make how it relates to your own Bible come alive. They'll make you love the land and its people. And it's a really beautiful thing. And also along with that, you have, um, information and videos and things like that, that people can access to learn all about the land of the Bible itself. Right. Right. And yeah, biblelandpassages.org has all the videos, or you can look, they're all free online. Um, World video hosts them, but I wanted to mention too, that in 2015, when we took the trip over to Israel to do all of that filming that we were with, I was the only woman. I think I've mentioned this before. I was the Mm -hmm. only woman and there was eight or nine men. And one of them was our really good friend. His name is John Moore too, Jonathan Moore. He's a podiatrist that lives in Kentucky too. I don't know how far from y'all they are, but he, he's the one that when we were there during that trip, he just said kind of incidentally, y'all should bring groups. And I mean, that was just never something that had occurred to us before. And so I mean, John, it was fun because I saw when we were there, how John just lived it and breathed it. And mm-hmm. so I thought that would be just, he really does super, <laughs> yeah, just a natural thing for him to do. It's funny. He, he is, he usually, maybe I shouldn't say this, but he takes a nap, a power nap, like a five minute nap every day. And if he doesn't get that, he's usually just out of it and hmm. he doesn't need one in Israel. I'll just say he is on all the time until he crashes at night. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that John, the other John Moore is really kind of the one that said y'all should bring groups. And so we started the next year and, and have been doing multiple times since then. And everybody that goes absolutely loves it and wants to go back. Yeah. It's hard not to love it there. It really is. Um, You're a writer and probably I I heard you speak several years ago and loved what you had to say. I even mentioned that, I believe, on the last two episodes ago. Um, and I've always said, anything that you write, I'm going to read. Because I know it'll be well-written and practical, but it always touches my heart. You are you're extremely talented writer. And you write for um, Come Fill Your Cup. They have a segment. If you go to the Come Fill Your Cup 
site, there's a segment called From the Heart of an Older Woman. And you have lots of articles there on all different kinds of topics. Um, and you can find that on their site and, and skim through some of those and they're really good. Um, and a contributing writer for Christian Women Magazine, you write for your own blog. Um, and then I know other, there's another thing that you write for on a regular basis, but I couldn't think of the- Excel Her. Excel Her, that's right. Mm -hmm. You write for that series on a regular basis also. So- Just started um, that this year. Yeah, so lots of opportunities to read your writing. Um, you're a great speaker, as I already mentioned, ladies' days, lectureships, workshops, focal point, all, all kinds of things. Um, and you guys do counseling. So I know at PTP every year, which if some of you listening are familiar with that, it's a humongous seminar slash workshop thing with hundreds of speakers that takes place every August in Tennessee. And you and John um, do counseling sessions during that for couples, right? Marriage counseling and right. um, pretty much do that every year. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be marriage counseling. Sometimes it's family, sometimes it's individual mm -hmm. and we're not the only ones. There's several other couples. And I know Sheila Butt does it for women. And I want to say Mike Bestel does some for men. There's, there's probably others that I don't know about too, but yeah, it's hard to really get into anything in a really short one, one and a half hour kind of session. But, um, but we have made relationships through those and, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to do. Well, and what a valuable service you're providing. And um, I know it takes a little bit of heart out of you to have to do that because you're listening and you're empathizing and all those things So, or sympathizing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. There's, thing, a right? there's a difference in those words there. Yeah. So you, you do that. And I know you guys do that obviously year round in more private settings outside of PTP and um, and do marriage seminars. You go around and give marriage workshops together. Um, you are probably one of the most practical people I've ever met. And in some ways it intimidates me because I'll say something to you and you'll be like, well, why don't you just blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so I'm thankful that I have you as a very practical friend. I also want to mention one of the other stand I'm I'm going to let you talk here in a little bit. Everybody wants to hear from you. But I also want to mention one of the standouts for me about you is your hospitality. And just, you know, we've been in your home multiple times, both of your homes multiple times. But some standouts for me, um, when you guys very first moved to Denver, you got in late. It had been a long drive. It seems like it was even raining or sleeting. Snowing. The night, snowing the night you arrived because it was in January. and you had an unfinished kitchen and you had all this stuff to unload and unpack. You were just starting out there in this second home. And um, the very next day, I mean, you just got in that night, the very next day you invited Neil and me over for lunch that you made. <laughs> no, I didn't make it. That was remember Tiffany Vaught and D sharp brought us food. Oh, they brought it the night before. And still, we, well, we were just so still. excited. Y'all were next door. I remember because it snowed. I mean, there was a lot of snow on the ground and mm -hmm. y'all still made it into work. So well, that's we how just, it's in Denver, you know, work yeah. as usual because the nobody else was ready. though. Y'all were the only ones that came in that day that I oh. remember. Are you saying that's the only reason you had us over? No, 
because no, I'm saying that we were so excited that y'all were like, here. I feel like that memory's tainted now. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined okay. it for my you. My point is, my point <laughs> is, you weren't even settled in. You weren't even unpacked, and you're already having people into your home. And um, and then just this past weekend, even it was crazy busy. You still wanted to have us over, even though it meant you know we were trying to shoot to be at your house between 6.30 and 7 a.m. for breakfast. So we would have plenty of time to visit before worship, which meant you had to get up a lot earlier than that to have it all cooked and ready. But that's just how you are. You, but we wanted to be with y'all. So that's granted. Pat, but my you don't point, pat me on the back for that. My I just point be is you. you're not just hospitable when it's convenient. Okay. You know, you go out of your way to make special times for people and not just your good friends, but everybody that knows you. So you are so multi-talented, well-rounded, a servant of God. And at the same time, a word that I hear over and over again, when people talk about you is how real you are. And that's why we're such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk about you for a little bit. I don't know your middle name, Carla Moore. You don't. Or at least I've forgotten it. I couldn't Suzanne. Think Suzanne. Yeah, see, that's, that wasn't even a guess of mine. Carla One of my Suzanne mom's good friends Martin. was named Suzanne. So my dad's name was Carl. So I'm Carla. Carla Suzanne. Carla after your dad and Suzanne after one of your mom's good friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you are a Texas girl through and through. You were born in Corsicana. You were raised in Texas. You lived your entire life in Texas, except for now these half out of the year times that you spend mm-hmm. in Colorado. Does that even count really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you have dual citizenship now. You are. I Colorado. do pay taxes in Colorado, so that's yeah. right. So okay. for sure, yes, you're a Colorado mm-hmm. and a Texan. But um, most Texans that I know love their state, are very proud of things in Texas, <laughs> and I always thought that was kind of ridiculous until we started visiting you guys, and and it pre- it is pretty a special area. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, beautiful people there. Everybody's warm and friendly. The The barbecue there is the best of anywhere. So you, you have every right to be proud. So you're barbecue a is a noun in Texas, other places. It's a verb, but it's a noun there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny you say that about Texas because Brian and Shannon were there recently. And Brian said that as Shannon was leaving, she said that it, it, may, it amazed her how much in love with Texas, Texas is. <laughs> I just never have really thought that, but I, apparently we have that reputation now and yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't guess I'm all that proud of Texas necessarily, but, um, I don't really hear you talk about it, but your yeah. whole family's from there. Your whole family lives there mm-hmm. around you. I always thought that's such a huge blessing that your family is there. And, um, I just don't know very many people that live where they grew up, Yeah, you know, especially preachers. Such, yeah, everybody moves around every few years. And when somebody says, where are you from? It's like, how do you answer that question? Yeah. <laughs> but you guys are. And I think that's that's a huge blessing. So um, let's go back to your childhood. And you have brothers. One brother. One brother. Mm-hmm. And is he older or younger than you? He's very much older than me. Very much older than you. Were he likes close? to tell people that he's... No, he's only two years older than me, but he likes to ask people if we're together, he'll say, which one of us do you think is older? He's two years older. Um, and he lives in Kyle, which is 30 minutes from the 45 minutes from us in Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's where my mom is now. She used to live right next door to me. And now she lives 
in his, he has kind of a garage apartment there. So he takes care of her. He and his, actually his wife is probably the primary caretaker of my mom more so than Doug, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So there were the two of you growing up. Mm -hmm. Were y'all good friends when you were growing up? No, not necessarily. No. Not, not bad. I mean, we didn't, we just didn't do things together. Like I hear some brothers and sisters do. Um, I tease him that he put cinnamon oil in my eye and uh, he and his friends picked on me, you know, stuff, but it, I mean, we, we would go fishing together and do things, but I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily classify us as best. No, we weren't best friends, but we were mm -hmm. friends. Okay. Well, and yeah. he was a boy and he was older right. than you. Exactly. So yeah. That, that affects things. We are much better friends now than we were then. Yeah. <laughs> so he teases you. We already know that. Did he ever do pranks or older brother tricks or things like that? Well, I think I can remember that we tried to scare each other coming in and out of rooms in our house. One house we lived in had a, a Jack and Jill bathroom between. And so that was always a challenge to make sure that I locked the door on his side when I'd go in the bathroom. But um, no, we had, there were things I remember, especially when we were younger that we would, uh, we had skateboards, the exact same skateboard, and we would sit with, you know, I would sit on mine with my feet across on his and he would sit on his with his feet on mine. And we would, I don't know if my mom knows this, she may be finding this out now, but we would hold arms and then go down this really steep hill near our house. And that was fun. And we'd go and I don't know, we just did fun stuff, but pranks, not so much, just mm -hmm. silly kid sibling mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So but it sounds fun. like you were sort of an athletic -y, outdoorsy kind of girl. <laughs> you weren't, were you, more of a not tomboy, athletic for sure. More of a tomboy than a girly girl. I, I don't think I was ever a girly girl. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that I would call myself a tomboy. I, I never really did a whole lot of sports. I did some inner like um youth soccer for a few years and mm -hmm. just different reasons I didn't do sports in, in high school. But um we had a little half court basketball court as my dad liked to play. We did had that in our backyard growing up and um, but I, I, yeah, in, when I was a kid, definitely go outside in the morning and stay out there all day. And until you hear your mom hollering for supper time, but it was a, kind of a different time then yeah. you just didn't worry about things like that. We could go uh, all over the, the neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah, really. I mean, I, I kind of hate to say that because I know they still exist out there, but I think we just have to be so much more careful now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. Mm -hmm. um, a couple episodes ago, we talked about being in ministry and you did talk about your growing up and you grew up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. um, and is there anything you want to share with us about growing up in a Christian home, maybe that you didn't share a couple episodes ago? Well, dad was, he didn't become a preacher until, until I was married, really, because when I was born, he was the Bible chair director for Navarro Junior College in Corsicana. Mm -hmm. And we moved from there when I was eight to San Marcos, where he was the Bible chair director for um, the university congregation on the campus of Southwest Texas State University. And I don't know, they don't have a lot of those still. Y'all kind of do, but we actually had a building, McCarty mm -hmm. Student Center, and dad taught Bible classes for credit for Southwest Texas State University, a state university. You know, it's pretty shocking to think about Bible classes, but he, mm -hmm. John has like 21 hours of Bible credit from dad and probably Norman Starling taught some of those too. But 
um, so he wasn't really a preacher. And so I didn't, I don't honestly never felt like I was a preacher's kid, even though people called me that because he did preach, you know, he just wasn't a full-time minister mm-hmm. preacher until John and I got married. And, um, but John, John and I actually met at McCarty when he came to college. And I, I think growing up in that atmosphere under, I was around college students all of my life, all of my life. And in some ways it probably, um, I don't know what the, what the word would be, but it probably wasn't in some ways the best because I didn't, I wasn't around my old, my own age group. You know, when I was Mm -hmm. around high school, when I was in high school, I didn't really want to be around high school people because I was with older, more mature Mm -hmm. to me, more interesting. But I, I also, at the same time, think it was a great thing because I, I just learned like, like we were talking about with Bear Valley and Southwest and all the preaching schools, people come and go all the time Mm -hmm. and it hurts when they go, but yet you have all these relationships. And I, I mean, I, there's so many people that I still keep in touch with, even when I, from when I was a kid. And it's funny because I think they still think I'm 10 years old and I'm 55 now because they knew me when I was 10, (laughs) but um, it was a a great atmosphere to grow up in. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I have great memories of that. We had Monday night devotionals and Thursday night, we go sing at the nursing homes and, and I just got to do lots of things with, with older people and older meaning college students. I remember a brief stint in my own childhood where we had Thursday singings at the nursing home. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bible has just been a central part of your home, your whole life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you were, you probably matured faster than all of your other friends because you had all these cool, cool older people. That's why you're so cool. Now you had all these cool older people you were always hanging around. So (laughs) you probably skipped that awkward stage entirely. Oh, I'm sure I was fully awkward around all of the college students. Um, In fact, I know I was, but anyway, they probably thought you were adorable. That's your point. Maybe (laughs) until I was 11 and then so. uh, before we get to John, because you pretty much were a kid still when you met him, but before we get to him, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I, I don't know that I ever had really what I want to be. I used to play that I was a teacher and I would set up, um, in my bedroom, I would put tables and things and, and card tables and pretend like I had an an office, you know, a teacher's office. And, And I think I probably went through a phase of thinking I'd be a nurse, but my mom has told me that she never really talked about, encouraged me to, to want to be, have a career because she wanted me to be a homemaker and a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I never really thought a whole lot about what I might want to be. It's not Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't have encouraged me to do something like that, but I just never really thought much about it. Okay. I can see you playing teacher in your little room. That's so cute. Okay. So, and so you were how old when you met John? Um, he, I think he says he remembers an earlier meeting that I don't remember, but I'd say 16. Okay. And he's how much older than you? Three years. So he would have been 19. So were you just instantly attracted to him? Um, sort of. Sort of. But he had a girlfriend. So he oh. came to college. Yeah. He came to school to Southwest Texas and I was still in high school. I would, well, okay. He would have been 18 and I would have been 15 when we met. So he was there for a year. He drove back and forth. He lived in Drippin. 
and drove back and forth to school. So I never really saw him a whole lot that first year. But the second year when I was a junior in high school and he had a, he still had this girlfriend and she was in Austin at University of Texas. And so they kind of had somewhat of a long distance, you know, not a long, long distance, but they were two different places and very, very different family backgrounds. But she had been his high school girlfriend for several years. And um, so he came to McCarty and that first year, not as, not as involved, but the second year he was very involved. And so I saw him a lot more and um, I don't guess it, I mean, no, it wasn't like a love at first sight kind of thing because he had a girlfriend, but the more I was around him, the more I liked him as a friend. And um, we, I remember, and he, he can tell this a whole lot better than I can, but there was a work day at McCarty some Saturday during my junior year, early in my junior year of high school. And somehow we both ended up outside on the, on the lawn. And he says, I brought him some water. I don't remember that detail, but (laughs) so we stood there and talked for a while. We ended up sitting down and talking and we just, we stayed there for the longest time. And then we both, I mean, we looked around and nobody else was there. Everybody had left and we were still sitting there talking. So he's, like I said, he still had the girlfriend. So I didn't really think a whole lot was possible also because he's in college and I'm, I'm in high, he's in college. I'm in high school. Mm -hmm. So a little intimidated by that, but not a whole lot. So yeah, I liked him a lot after that, but, um, you know, that's kind of where it started, I guess. Well, and then tell us the story behind your first date. (laughs) Well, so he, I can't remember exactly the details about how, how, when he broke up with his girlfriend, but I know it was not an easy thing, but so I, you know, I, I respected that sort of, but we were at Joe and Helen Cox's house sorry this silly cough and they were having a build your own sub sandwich kind of thing it was like they had this long six foot bread you know sub sandwich type thing they cut in half and then everyone stood at the table and built their own part of the sandwich and then cut it and you know it's just a kind of a Hmm. fun thing to do for college students and I knew that there was this Sadie Hawkins picnic coming up and you know Sadie Hawkins is the tradition where the girl asked the guy. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work up my courage and I thought I'm just going to go for it. And I can't believe I did. Cause I was pretty shy, but I did. I yeah. asked him if he would go to the picnic with me and he left no doubt in my mind that he wanted to go with me. You know, I don't remember what he said, but I know he was very enthusiastic about it. So I felt good about that. And so I asked, actually asked him on our first date, but we ended <laughs> up going several that was like September and this Sadie Hawkins thing was at the end of October. So we, we went to a haunted house in Austin and, you know, my mom, I was, I was 16. So they let me go out with him in groups, Mm -hmm. but we got to ride a road with him from San Marcos to Austin to that haunted house. And that was fun. It was just, it was a fun time of life. And Mm -hmm. Um, we always were with other people and stuff, but so that was, that was our first date with Sadie Hawkins first official date, although we had done some other things before that. And then, uh, how long till y'all got married? 
well, so that was, <laughs> that was fall of 84. I was 16. And by the next summer, we knew that we wanted to get married, but I knew that I was young and he knew I was young. And so we kind of kept it to ourselves for a while and talked to our, our parents. And John laughs because he thought that my dad would be more scary to talk to. I mean, he didn't ever really ask my dad. That was kind mm -hmm. of, that's kind of come back into trend now, not trend, but mm -hmm. now, now you ask for, although you said that Neil asked for your, your dad mm -hmm. for your hand, but we, we went to them to, to wanted their blessing. And mm -hmm. I think John was a whole lot more nervous about asking mom and dad. And that was no big deal. They fully expected it. My, my mom was a secretary at McCarty and she spent a lot of time with John. And I think she probably, I know she would say she handpicked him. And um, of course, dad was there all the time too, but, uh, but his parents were a little, his dad in particular, who's super easygoing and just a different personality than dad. But he was more of the type that was saying, how, how are y'all going to live? Because we were very, very young. And, you know, I hadn't even really thought about that. That was kind of one of those, oh, we have to figure out a way to make money and mm -hmm. support bills. ourselves. Huh? Yeah. What are those? So, um, so anyway, we, we got married. I, I graduated high school early so that I could go to college for a little while before we got married. And so we ended up getting married in June of 86. So I, I went, I walked graduation, high school graduation one Saturday and got married the next. So not something I necessarily highly recommend for everyone, but it, you know, I, I always, I, I have never, I never had any doubts and I've never ever had any regrets about any of that. I'm glad that we've had as much time as we, as we've had together. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> you hadn't been 18 very long when you got married. Three months. Yeah. Cause your birthday's in March. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've seen some interesting writings about that, you know, about um, their advantages and disadvantages get, to get married young. And one of the advantages is that you get to kind of grow up together, mm -hmm. you know, and obviously I think your marriage is going to make it. Yeah. Uh, so feel pretty um, good about it. So you got married and then I know you didn't wait too, too long before you started having children. Three years. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so, um, three years later, you started having children. You have three sons. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your sons. Jordan is our oldest. He was, I was 21 when he was born and, um, he was just a very solemn, smart, um, an old, kind of an old soul from the very beginning started walking early, started talking very early. I mean, I think about his first birthday party and all of the words that he could say and walking around and stuff. And, um, he, it was just a special time because it was just he and I for two years, obviously his dad too, but you know, I stayed home with him. So mm -hmm. I, he was my world, just my entire world for two and a half years. And it's funny looking back on Jacob was born two years and three months later. And, um, I know anyone who has had a second child can understand this. You know, you have, you just don't know how you can love another child more than you love, or you don't know how you're going to have room in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I remember when John's parents came to take care of Jordan, when I was induced, when we went to have Jake and 
I didn't want Jordan to wake up. I, I, I put him to bed the night before knowing that I'm going to go the next day and he's going to, his life will never be the same. He's going to have a brother. And it's one of those things that logically, you know, is going to be great, but your emotional side was, I was just a wreck because I, it had just been he and I, and we had, I just took, it was, we did everything and, and it was going to be different. And so I was really hoping that he would stay asleep. And then later on in the day, they would bring him and here, here's your little brother. But as we were pulling out of the driveway, we lived in a mobile home at the time and it had a big bay window on the end of it. And as we're pulling out, backing out, I see Jordan in his little footy pajamas with his hands and his face plastered against the window, looking out at me and I just boo hooed big time. But, you know, of course, and like I said, I knew logically it was going to be one of the best things for him. Mm -hmm. And sure, you know, they, they had a lot of fun together growing up and anyway, so Jordan was born in, in 89, Jake was born in 91 and, um, Micah was born six years later. I wish in, in a way that we'd had another either before or after Micah, because in some ways he was like an only child. He was, let's see, he, Jordan graduated in 08. So Je, uh, Micah was 10 when he left home, when Jordan left home and he was 12 when Jake left home. So he was a little kid when they left. And so I think they've mm-hmm. always still kind of held on to this. He's, he's a kid and yet he's 25 now, but mm-hmm. um Anyway, they, I love my boys. They were very special and, and they're, they have such different personalities, you know, it's, it's amazing how the same family, the same atmosphere, same parents, mm-hmm. same rules, and they have such different personalities, but they're all very respectable and respectful and productive members of society. So I'm yes proud of that proud in a good way that's what I was going to say is I probably spent more time with Micah because he was still at home and um but all three of your sons are just very polite easy to talk to and real likable uh in addition to being faithful Christians they married Christian women um have started their own beautiful homes and raising families there so what a what a huge blessing um okay and they, you experienced the empty nest then in what year? Micah graduated high school in 16. Okay. So, so about seven years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we started Bear Valley in January of 17. So things changed pretty quick after Micah left home mm-hmm. and yeah. it was different. You know, we, we, it, we spent the summer of 17 is the first summer we were in Israel and he, Micah was living in college station, going to college. And there was a lot of things going on in his life, you know, just buying a truck for the first time and doing this and that. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember feeling nervous about us being gone for that long. And, and then the whole thing about with Bear Valley came up and we sort of apologized to him about, about all that. And cause I know it wasn't easy for him to have to do some of the things on his own and just I love thinking about what he said to us at the time. He said, you do you. (laughs) And instead of being resentful towards us for, you know, when his truck broke down, he, he would have to call, he'd call John, you know, but if we're in eight hours, however many hours ahead it is in Israel, he had a lot of people that would help him out, but it was just Mm -hmm. not, not easy for him. And I felt bad about that. And so it's just, it has helped, always been so helpful 
for me emotionally to know that he didn't hold it against us, that we were not there mm-hmm. in some of the times that he needed us. And he's, he's just always been that way. So mm-hmm. I love that about him. Well, he seems very independent. Yeah. Also. Well, he's had to be, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's had to be because, because of those things. And, and, and I have said that I think in some ways it was, it was a good thing mm-hmm. because he learned to do some things on his own that he wouldn't have otherwise. All right. So tell us your grandma yep. name. I am Yaya. And there's a story here. Yeah. Well, I was, <laughs> I, I picked Lolly because I thought it was cute and I thought I wanted John to be pop. So we'd be lollipop, but our kids, all of them kind of mm, didn't really want that, <laughs> but I thought I get, I, I'm going to choose my grandmother name because really it doesn't matter. It didn't, you know, it, it mattered to me what the, the grandkids called me. And, um, so that's what I started out. And, and the, so they all, all my kids called me Lolly for when Jackson was born and he was about, I don't know, 15, 16 months old. Then we were at Peach Valley camp and he was playing with something on the ground. I actually have this on a video, caught it the very first time that he said it. And he's squatted down playing with some little something and he's going, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he couldn't say his L's. So Lolly came out, yeah, yeah. And, and I loved it because he named me Yaya mm-hmm. and it turns out that Yaya is Greek for grandmother. So it was oh, appropriate anyway. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until several years later. So I, I love it. And um, yeah, they all call me Yaya now. And they call John Pa. It's P-A Pa. pa. Mm-hmm. So instead of Lolly and Pop, it's Yaya and Pa. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, so now on to some specific questions. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Maybe. None of these are scary. None of okay. these are scary. So one of the things that I absolutely love about you guys is you do life together. Very literally you spend a lot of your days together and I want you to give us a day in the life. So, and you can pick either location. Cause I know it looks a little bit different when you're at Bear Valley than mm-hmm. it does when you're in Texas. You can pick either location, but a day in the life of Carla Moore, what does that look like? Yeah, it does depend on upon where we are. Um, if we're here, you mean like a detailed day or just things that we do throughout the day? Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to <laughs> We get up and have coffee. <laughs> That's always the very first thing. You can leave out like, bathroom and brushing okay good (laughs) (laughs) that would be the first thing yeah (laughs) coffee uh, we try to get up early enough to where we can sit and and just have that companion can see if I can say it right companionable Mm -hmm. silence until we've had a little coffee and and just spend a little time in the morning together and it's like I said if we're here he he's usually over at the office pretty early and teaching and um, I'll go over usually around nine to, to the office and um, just do Bible writing and, and get prepared for classes. I see what Terry, if I can help her with anything and um, spend usually the morning there. Um, and we do, it depends on the day on Mondays and Wednesday nights. If I have the Monday night classes, in the women's program are taught by the men, uh, some of the male faculty. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times I will take on the Monday night classes. If I've already had it, I don't always, 
I'd like, I'm going to take some of this quarters class because Wayne Jones is teaching acts and I took that under Wayne Berger, but I'm curious to see uh, how Wayne teaches it because they're both excellent teachers. Mm-hmm. And then um, Wednesday night I'll be teaching, but um, in between we'll, well, John's usually over. I mean, it's easy because we're right next door. So we tend to go back and forth all day long. And usually what I need over here is over there. And what I need over here is there, vice versa. Um, so not super, here is a lot more regimented. At home, we might, I might spend a day with my mom or um, John goes out to World Video Bible School. We just have, there is no day in the life because every day is kind of different unless we're here and it's not, there's nothing super exciting. But um, when, when the kids were in school, we always took a day together. He would take a day off and, um, and it really, I kind of had to push him into that because he, he, he really is a workaholic. Mm-hmm. He would probably disagree with me, but he is because he loves what he does. And, mm-hmm. um, and to him, it's not work, but there's a lot of times that I'll just have to have to ask for his attention because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my love language is quality time. Mm-hmm. And we would take a day and maybe just go to lunch and go, we might go to a movie. We might just run errands, do something. But as long as we were together, it was, that was what I wanted. So mm-hmm. not very exciting, but that's no, all I can is. think of. It is. And um, I don't know if you wanted, if you mind me sharing this or not, but y'all have one vehicle that you share mm-hmm. together. One key, one vehicle. Yeah. One key. That's a thorn in our flesh. <laughs> but I just think it's so sweet and how y'all are making that work. And it's because you do life together. You just, mm-hmm. you compromise, you work together on your schedule to make it work for both of you. And, um, I love that about you guys. Okay. There's one thing that I thought of, I'll tell you, um, several years ago, I was thinking about how, how you can't outgive God and money to me is a thing, you know, we have to have money, but I hate it because it causes so many problems, whether it's wanting more of it or those who have too much of it being covetous of, you know, other, it's just causes problems. Mm-hmm. The love of money being the root of all evil or one of the root, roots of whatever, <laughs> but so money, you know, I mean, I, I could empty out our bank account and give it to God and it wouldn't hurt me, mm-hmm. you know, but there were times that I resented, um, the time that John would put into his work for God. And how do you complain when your husband's boss is God, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, not, I, I don't think I was super resentful necessarily, but there were times that I would roll my eyes because he was doing this again or whatever. But over time, um, I realized looking back on the way things have developed and how when, when we left local work at Dripping Springs and came here and we were together all the time, I mean, all the time, we started doing Israel things together. We did Bear Valley mm-hmm. together. Um, just everything we do is basically together. And it just dawned on me one day that I had, I wanted to give God something that sort of hurt. And I had finally given God, John, in a way, I kind of left, I'm terrible at telling stories. I kind of left that part out, but I, I had determined in my mind that this is John's work, our work together, but in particular, his full-time work and I, I just decided I wasn't going to be resentful of it anymore. And then I realized looking back on it, that God put us together. He put us in a work that 
that allowed us to be together all the time. And, and it was just one of those light bulb moments for me that mm-hmm. I realized that I, I gave, I gave up being resentful about the, the time that John spent working for God. And I actually didn't just give up on it necessarily. I, I put myself into it. And I don't say that at all to pat myself on the back because I really am not. There was some reluctance in doing it. But um, when I did that, it's just like God opened opened the storehouse and poured in all this time for us to be together and to work together. And and I mean, it just has been a blessing to be able to do those things together all the time. That gave me goosebumps. I love that. Chicken bumps, Mikey used to say. Chicken bumps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the lessons that you prepare as a speaker. When I hear you, um, you you spend time in the word and it's very rich in the word, but they're also so, so very practical when it comes to the application side of it. So um, as you think about the lessons that you've taught, and a lot of times as a speaker, you don't get to come up with your own topic. Those right. topics are assigned. So if you're on a lectureship, you know, they'll say, here's your, here's our theme and here's your topic. What are some lessons that you think we need more of today? Well, thanks for your compliments first. Um, I know I've told you that's, that's never something I'm comfortable doing. It's not my favorite thing to do at all. Um, but speaking, um, I think, I think it depends on who your audience is. And this is one of those questions that you did give me ahead of time to think about. And I was talking to John last night and, and I told him, I said, I, it just depends, you know, who, who is the audience? And if it's me, like, what do I need? Right. I, I need more instruction. I need to hear more and understand more about how I got the Bible, because I think, you know, I, I have complete faith in it and I understand on a, slight scale, how we got it. And really the first time I really got it was when I wrote that manuscript for Bear Valley, the first time that we came here. Um, And Neil, I wanted to kick him at the time because he assigned me the lost books. Um, And, and I had to do some digging into, you know, are there books that should be in the Bible that aren't? And, and it helped me to understand how we got the Bible. And um, so that would be something that I think I need more of, but I think there's a lot of Christians who have been brought up unsure of their salvation and not, not at peace with knowing that God is going to save them for whatever reason. I, and I have my theories for why that is, but so I think that we need to, to hear more about, about that joy and the peace that we can have and knowing that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. So I would say more about uh, this, the assurance of salvation. And then I think another, another, you can never go wrong. And I think the world needs to hear about who God is and understand the character and the nature of God. And it doesn't matter what we say about the Bible, if they don't care anything about the Bible or where it came from, or if they don't know Mm -hmm. God at all. And, and it's just so different now. I think even when we were kids, there was so much more respect for the Bible and mm-hmm. people believed that there was a God and that God was God and that God was real and the Bible was real and true. And now you have to just kind of back way, way up and say, mm-hmm. uh, we have to explain who God is and, and where did the Bible come from and how can we trust it? And how is it any different from any other book? So, um, 
so all of those things, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, people who believe in God need to know more about God because you can talk all day long about rules and um, commandments and they're important, but unless they love God and unless they understand how God feels about them and why he wants uh, us to obey him, it doesn't make any difference. So I think mm-hmm. that that would be, I would say that I would think we'd need more about God. Mm-hmm. Good answers. I agree. And the one you mentioned about being sure of our salvation, I've heard that so many times from, you know, people of all ages, mm-hmm. young people, people our age, really wrestling with that. And it's like, I know what my brain says is supposed to be right, but here's what I struggle with in my heart. Right. So right. I think you're right. Very good answers. Um, okay. Is there something about yourself that you'd like to share that others might be surprised to learn? I know that I know that you said this is a little bit challenging because my we life share is every, open book. We share everything now on this podcast, but did you come up with something that others might be surprised to learn? This again was one I, I said to John, and he said, "Well, you could uh, you could explain to them how you have that fascination with Mount Everest and how you like to read about it and and you watch movies about it." And I said, "Well, like." talked about that one day on the podcast and they said well uh you could tell them that you have this strange liking for cottage cheese <laughs> I said I've already told that uh and then I he said well you can tell me you like to ride bikes and I mean I know I talked about it today but I've mentioned that before <laughs> no secrets <The> only, here <laughs> yeah I, I'm I'm probably I'm a pretty bad oversharer of my life and I think that there's people close to me that really think I do too much of that, but uh, it is what it is. And so the only thing that I can come up with that maybe nobody knows about me, and this is, I pulled, I have pulled this out before is that I had to have rabies shots when I was 12. (laughs) What bit you a dog, a dog. Yeah. And I didn't have to have like the full series because they tested him and he turned out to not have it, which I knew he didn't have it, but he, it was kind of an out of character thing for this dog it was a friend of mine. And I think I got down in his face too much. You know, I was just bending over and like rubbing his ears or whatever. And I guess he felt threatened because he bit me right here and they face. had to give me a shot of something right there. Ooh. And then I had to have like three rabies shots. So Hmm. fascinating I know but well that is interesting and for those of you who aren't watching she's pointing to just under her right eye oh yeah where the dog the dog bear yikes Mm -hmm. yeah so all right that was good all right so um you and John now that we've talked about your courtship and relationship Mm -hmm. and all the time that you spend together and what your days look like you're you're both obviously still in love Mm-hmm. Um, you still smile at each other. Your eyes still light up when you see each other. You, you both tease each other, but never degrade each other in public. You always speak very highly of each other. I mean, you're, you're one of those couples that is so enjoyable to be around because y'all enjoy being around each other. Um, so uh, how have you kept the spark alive in your marriage? Well, I'm glad to hear you say that about that. I don't degrade him because they're, you know me really well and you're all, y'all are around us a lot. And there are times that I might, I have wondered if I even seem like something Sunday morning, I kind of rolled my eyes about something. And I thought, I mean, I never, it's always embarrassing to me when other people do that to their mm-hmm. spouses. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought it just makes 
it makes you look bad when you do that. It doesn't make the other person look bad. It makes you look bad. And so I don't, I mean, that's not the only reason I don't want to do it, but um, anyway, I'm glad that you think that Mm because I know sometimes we all have times that we're like, whatever, but (laughs) um, so your question is, how do we have, how have we kept the spark alive? alive? Okay. My kids probably want to turn the, turn the sound down. Stay in the light. Stay in the light. (laughs) Go ahead. Finish the song. I'm done. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I don't really know hundred percent the answer to that question. I think that we have just always been in love. <laughs> Isn't that a profound, <laughs> a profound answer to that? One thing that I, I think he, he, I have never, ever, ever once doubted how he felt about me or how he feels about me. You know, sometimes you go, you have relationships in your life that you question, how do they really feel about me? And, um, and I don't think so much in marriage that, that we should ever have any doubts necessarily, but, you know, I just have always, I can look at him and tell that he loves me. I I have never worried that he didn't love me. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that he would say the same thing about me going into marriage as young as, as I was, and he was young too, but we both were brought up to know that it's, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and there is no, um, going back. Once you, once you say I do, I, I, mom always made me aware that we are human beings. She made sure I knew that, um, just because he's a Christian doesn't mean that he won't be tempted by someone else. If someone came along and, and the same thing for me, you know, she just, just made sure that I understood the reality that being a Christian, believing in God, believing in the sanctity of marriage does not mean that something, sometimes things happen. So I've always been conscious of that. And I think that that that's helped our marriage. Not, not that I've ever, I've never suspected him of any of that kind of, of, mm-hmm. of that kind of thing, but, but just an awareness to know that, um, that we are human. I think we have to be on guard and, and protect private life and protect our relationship. But, um, he just does, has never left me any doubt that he, that he loves me and not just that he loves me, but that he's in love with me, which is, there's a difference, you know, there's a difference. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, if, <laughs> if you're talking about the spark, you know, attraction in 20, 11, we both lost about 75 pounds. And, um, I, I went on Weight Watchers and he just, he decided he was going to lose weight and he, you know, how men can lose weight and when they decide and we have to really work at it. But, um, even before that, at our heaviest, there was, we were still as attracted to each other then as we were, as we are. And, you know, always, it's just always been the same. I remember years ago, I cleaned the church building and I won't say which one it is, but um, I cleaned the church building and came across a note that, you know, you find all kinds of things when you clean up in the church Mm -hmm. building. And it was from this young woman to her fiance. And it said, let's not ever get fat. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember kind of giggling to myself thinking, you know, <laughs> life happens, reality happens. You have a child. Babies happen. Yeah. yeah. Thing. I mean, you just 
for whatever reason, sometimes we gain weight and we get fat and I don't want to be fat. Nobody really wants to necessarily be fat, Mm -hmm. but, but I can honestly say that attraction has to do with love Mm -hmm. and not, not necessarily. I mean, I think that we can, and we should do things to make, make ourselves attractive. We don't want to I guess I, I don't want to go too far here, but you know, you don't want to just have onion breath all the time and, and not care anything what you look like is I think I, I want John to find me attractive. And so I'm going to do what I can to, um, to be attractive to him, but weight doesn't matter when you love someone. And the older we get, the more I see these things to be true, that it attraction and love are deepened by years together and memories together and experiences together and commitment and having the same love in your life for God and all of those things just it's like this big I don't even know what word to use but but when when you put the work in and when you put the years in and when you um do the hard things together and work things out you it's not just love, you know, all this, it's not just that I love you, but it's that I am in love with you. And I want to, I want to be with you. And, you know, it's, it's just hard to explain there. There've been times that we've talked about, um, the blessings of longtime marriage. And again, you know, this too, and others have been married longer than us, but I think he knows, he knows my, my past. He knows my aunts and my uncles, and he knows problems that I've had in the past with this person. And there's times that I don't, I don't have to explain why I don't want to go there because he already knows, you know, I'm just trying to Mm -hmm. throw things out there that he already knows these things about me because, because we've been together for such a long time. Nobody loves our grandkids together. Like we do, you know, you've Mm -hmm. seen that with rich, you and Neil have this little person together that you get to enjoy, you know? And, and so there's just so much about time that you can't hurry. You just have to put the time and the years and the work in and grow more and more in love um, as in, in weight and wrinkles. And I mean, John's got these laugh lines by his eyes. He's got, uh, well, smile lines by his eyes and he's got laugh lines by his mouth. There's just things about him that I've always found very attractive. And those are two of the biggest and, you know, weird things like his arms. I like it. It just, I like everything about him. He, nobody can make me madder than he can, but, (laughs) and you know what that's like, but at the same time, I can live without anyone else in the world. I love my kids and want to be around and my grandkids, but I can't, I can't live without John. I mean, I, I, I would, if I had to, but I can't, he's the one I want to be with. And he's the one that I long and and can't live without. So that's what I would say to that. So there's our answer. <laughs> there's our answer. And it's very obvious that you guys still are in love with, with each other. You know, you mentioned the weight thing. And I think, unfortunately, too many times <clears throat> we do spend more time concerned about that, mm-hmm. how we look physically instead of things like our spirit or attitude. Mm-hmm you know, a complaining spirit or whininess or selfishness or all these things, that's way more unattractive Mm -hmm. than something 
as simple as our weight and how right. we look physically. So yeah. good, good, beautiful answers. Thank you for sharing with that. Do you mind telling me how long we've been going? 115. 115? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> so I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. Some, some of your interests that um, I know about you, we've already talked about on here because we ask about your thrifting. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows you're the, that's your like superpower that you can find these great things that are really amazing in thrift stores. Um, You also like to shop, wouldn't you agree? That Mm -hmm. you always find really cute things when you shop, whether it's um, jewelry or clothes and things like that. And your interest, of course, are your grandchildren. But um, what is something else that is just a huge interest of yours that something that you enjoy doing or makes you feel alive? Well, bike riding, um, I like to go on hikes outside in the mountains and in particular, just not hard hikes, (laughs) easy hikes. (laughs) We went with Wes and Terry one time and Wes said, oh, this is about a two, you know, on a scale from one to 10. Mm -hmm. And again, he sits on a throne of lies because John and I were (laughs) gasping for air. And of course, Wes has lived up here all of his life, but I would have placed it more like a seven or an eight. But anyway, I like easy hikes. Um, I don't mind being challenged a little bit. I like to get my heart going, but um, did I say I like to read? I can't remember if I said that or not. I love to read. Um, And I used to be, I used to like to cook a lot more than I do now. I still don't mind it, but it's just different with two people than it was with a family. John and the boys, they used to clap for me when when I, when I put the food in front of them and they would take a few bites and then they would all just clap because they like the food. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, that was their dad. That was John, John's influence. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, just, I love to, to be with friends and um, with family and I'm just an ordinary person, kind of boring. No, I don't know about ordinary. What makes know. you laugh the most? <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> when somebody <laughs> falls. <laughs> You know, those, those videos, when people are sliding on ice, I could watch those all day. <laughs> no, I, I, I like just real stories, you know, real things that have happened to people that they, that they like to laugh at themselves about those just people's stories, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other people's awkward moments. Yeah. <laughs> Other people's pain. That's what makes yes, me laugh the we most. Have, we have shared plenty of awkward moments <laughs> with each other. We mm-hmm. have texted some awkward moments to oh, each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we shall keep those private. Um, you love listening to music. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. What does yeah. your current playlist look like? Well, I, I listen to Pandora, which is kind of, I think everybody else seems like is listening to Spotify these days with playlists, but Pandora, mm-hmm. you can pick channels. Okay. that have genres, I guess. And, um, I have one that I like Ras. I have one that's called rascal flats. And so it's just that it's not just rascal flats, mm-hmm. but it's that type of music. I have one that I listen to a lot. It's Nat King Cole. So it's oldies from the fifties. My mom raised me on good music. Um, I have, um, oh, I can't even think there's, there's a, there's one called Thomas Newman, that is like soundtracks. And so there's some John Williams stuff on there. A, a lot of the, like the soundtrack for Castaway and the soundtrack for um, um, Braveheart. 
and I, I don't know who all the composers are, but I like, it depends on if I'm studying or doing something and need, just need a little noise in the background. I'll put mm-hmm. that on because it's just instrumental. But, um, but if it's, if I'm walking, I have one that's pink and you have to be kind of careful with that because she can have some, some bad language, but you can tell it, you know, you can skip yeah. the ones that have the explicit stuff, but that will keep me g- going fast. You know, she has some mm-hmm. peppy stuff. So it just depends, but okay. I'd say those, those are the ones that I think of. All right. So, um, <clears throat> I've mentioned being in both of your homes and when I walk into your living spaces, it always makes me feel very comfortable. And Good. you have, you have a very talented interior eye interior design eye and um and I always feel good in your spaces and a lot of people have an interior design that I acknowledge is good but I I might find it cold you know like the color scheme is cold to me or it's too modern or it's too whatever and but yours always makes me feel good I just I walk into your spaces I feel very comfortable I love the colors that you pull in so if you were to describe your design style, what would you call it? What word? I want to, I want to know how to do it, but I just don't. I've already tried. I just can't do it. But what would, how would you describe your design style when it comes to your home? Is there a design style from Goodwill? Because <laughs> I feel like most of my stuff comes from there. <laughs> For real, I'm looking around and thinking, yeah, that came from Goodwill. That came from Goodwill. I think it's just um, collected. Like when I see something that I like, I pick it up and then I never spend any, I don't spend a lot of money on that kind of stuff. But, um, but if I like it, I'll, I'll pick it up if it's clean and, you know, obviously I don't want to get anything nasty, but mm-hmm. that, that, that may not be super exciting or super cool, but, um, I would say it's collected. And mm-hmm. I think, um, well, some of it I've made. Like I might make some pillows out of some fabric that I like and then kind of pull in the, I I have colors that I like and I tend to be, to gravitate toward those. But um, uh, I guess just, it's just collected, be patient. And until you see something that you like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to have your decor in place from day one. It's just something Mm -hmm. that you add to. And as you see things that you like, get rid of something that you don't like and and add something that you do like does that make sense yeah it's perfect and do you feel do you think that the um since we've redone with the new floors and the cabinet paint and stuff in the new house and in the dripping house do you still feel you don't feel cold in there because sometimes I'll look at that and it Mm -hmm. feels a little cold to me because it's darker no because you've got too much warm design style in there the tile work and all of your color and your upholsteries, it's just a really good balance. But I guess that's why I'm so comfortable in your spaces because you're not trying to create a certain style, you know, like farmhouse or what's the grainy chic or the quiet elegant, all these things that get tossed around, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the latest trend is, you're not trying to do that at all. You just, if you like it, if it speaks to you, you bring it into your home and I'm comfortable around you. So it makes sense that I would be comfortable in your home. Well, that makes me feel good. Good. I'm glad. Okay. So, um, if family or a job didn't matter, um, and money were no object, where would you live? 
Um, did you say a family didn't? Yeah. If- take out family and job and money and just like a strictly location wise, where would you want to live? Hmm. Well, I would think maybe somewhere like Hawaii where you have the ocean and you have beauty and mountains and I mean, it's just, I don't know, it may be hard to get things there. So, and I guess if you just X everything out, like how expensive Mm -hmm. it would be to live there. I mean, I, yeah, Hawaii, maybe. Mm -hmm. And Colorado is a pretty good place because, but it's, it's also dry here. So yeah, Hawaii, I'll go with Hawaii. Hawaii for 200. (laughs) I can see that. Um, what's the most daring thing you've ever done? Go to Israel with <laughs> nine men by myself. No, that's uh, not super daring, but I guess it was, uh, it was out of my comfort zone for sure. When I wrote that down, I thought you were going to say go to Israel. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that was a pretty brave thing to do. Well, yeah, it probably was. What was the last book you read? Uh, let me see. I have to look on my iPad. If I can't remember it, does it count? Well, <laughs> I read. Much. It was a memorable read. Yeah. I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe um, not too long ago. Before that, I read a book called An American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Don't really have any op- opinion on that. There, there's one called Beyond That, the Sea. That was pretty interesting. That was about um, a little girl who was, um, who lived in London during World War II and her parents sent her to America to escape the war. And she ended up there for three years. And then, then she ended up going back to London, but she stayed in touch with, you know, it's like she had two lives on both sides. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that was, that was pretty good. So. Um, is there anything you wish would come back into fashion? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> parachute pants <laughs> saddle shoes and what what did we call those that came right below the knee um hobby socks <laughs> I want to say knickers or something like that but oh, no. pants. yeah 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 um something to come back into fashion well mom jeans it's funny because I got made fun of for it because I never gave up mom jeans and now they're back in style or maybe mm-hmm. they may be back out of style now I don't know but I didn't care because, you know, comfort, comfort's more important. Um, do you remember, you may be a little younger for this, but there were shoes called yo-yos when I was in high school <clears throat> and they, they had holes in the, in the heel. I'll have to find a picture and share it, but I thought those were the coolest shoes mm. and I saved and saved and saved and saved and bought a pair of, and then I, I don't know what happened to them, but okay. I'll just go with yo-yos. Okay. I've never heard of that. You'll have to mm-hmm. share a picture. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite activity to do with friends? Um, I like to go to dinner and just laugh, sit and laugh. And it's fun to play games. Like I like to play games with, with you and um, hike. Uh, just kind of depends on who they are, but just, mm-hmm. I would say go to dinner and, and just be together and chat, mm-hmm. have fun. Okay. All right. This question is a little bit different. And if you don't want to answer it, just say pass. (laughs) 
Don't be nervous. I'm getting sweaty underarms. <clears throat> Do you think you are secure or insecure in your relationships outside of John? Um, I'd say mostly secure mm-hmm. because I, I don't compete. I just, if there's mm-hmm. somebody that I don't feel secure with, I'm just going to bow out. Mm-hmm. And maybe I shouldn't do that, but I, I, I gravitate towards people that I'm confident are not put off by me or, mm-hmm. you know, that I can, you can tell usually when someone enjoys being with you. And so mm-hmm. if, if there's someone that I don't feel that way about, then I just, I'll go be with someone that does. Yeah. I was going to guess that answer for you. Um, I think I skipped on earlier that I asked you about ahead of time. Oh, yes. What, <clears throat> excuse me, what is your favorite memory as a parent? Oh, didn't, boy. I ask you, didn't I send that one to you ahead of time? Uh-huh, you did. Okay, good. Yeah. I had to, I have a terrible memory about, it, it's like, almost like I was just trying to keep my head above water during parenting years, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't, there's not a whole lot of things. If, if, the, if one of them brings something up, I'll remember it, mm-hmm. but just pulling things out of my memory. But I do, I think you you asked for one, there's several Christmas mornings. We tried to make Christmas special and we didn't have a whole lot of money, but we tried to make it, you know, something that they would come out of their rooms in the morning and just be, wow, you know, like a tent mm-hmm. or something. We would put it, set it up in the middle of the living room and have it yeah. ready for them. So we tried it. Christmas was always fun. <clears throat> Um, I think back to, I don't know that it was my favorite at the time, but when I look back on it, it, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy, but just being at worship with them when they were, when Micah was a baby in particular, because I had Jordan on one shoulder, literally laying on one shoulder, Jake on this one and Micah in my lap. And it was just, you know, they're all right there. And there were times, you know, that I'd be like, I can't move, but at the same time, it's just, you have them all right there. But the thing I think the most that I, I love looking back on, I did what I called mommy days with them sometimes. And they all went through the public school system back in the day. Um, John was on the school board. It was a small city that we lived in and and it was, Mm -hmm. it was a good school school system, but there were times that each of them had difficulties. And, And most of this was like middle school, high school because those are just tough years, but I would pull them out of school and we would go and have a mommy day. It was kind of a silly thing to call it mommy day, but we would go, we might go see a movie. We'd go to lunch. We go to like, there's a place called whole earth that had fun toys and Mm -hmm. outdoor things. And a lot of times just, just that one-on-one time with them. Um, it was special. And sometimes it just took that kind of intentional time away to, to get them to open up and maybe express what's going on, what they're feeling. And even if they didn't, it wasn't about that necessarily. It was just about, Mm -hmm. um, getting them out of that environment where they had to have that wall up because anytime you're in the public, you kind of have to have some of something of a wall up, but getting them out of that and just, um, just him and me and, even not John there. It was because if John was around, they, of course they were drawn to their dad and they did dad and son things and um, fix the lawnmower, that kind of stuff. But if we, Mm -hmm. we just would go play. So I loved doing that. I love mommy days, have good memories of those. And good (laughs) ideas for parents who have children in the home now. And I was Mm -hmm. just thinking if I asked your boys that same question, they might give me the same answers. Yeah. I don't know if they remember them, but I do. 
Okay, what rubs you the wrong way? (laughs) (laughs) What rubs me the wrong way? It's funny, rude people and impatient people and is it discourteous people who are not courteous or considerate? And it, I, it dawned on me one day that I was so annoyed with rude people that it made me rude. I was like, what, is, what kind of sense does that make that I'm annoyed with people? It's making them meet, be the same way that they are. But mm-hmm. yeah, I am just, I don't, it rubs me the wrong way when someone is, is even if they're, they say they're joking, um, mm-hmm. being rude, it just, uh, I, I can't, can't deal with it. Yeah. Several years ago at higher ground, Tammy Roberts was there as one of the counselors. And, you know, um, this is an all girls camp, teen girls camp. So sometimes Mm -hmm. there was a little drama Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of drama that year. And she said, one time she just said, um, I was having a bad attitude about one of the girls with a bad attitude there, thereby becoming a girl with a bad attitude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think when it dawned on me, it was with the impatient person. It was, I was thinking, can't believe how impatient they are. And it was like, (laughs) hello, hold the mirror up. Uh, Okay, good. Are you better at talking or listening? Listening. Mm -hmm. I think. I think so too. I think you are too. I'd rather listen than talk. Last one. Last one. Share something on your bucket list. Um, Bucket list. I'm pretty simple and you know, I tend to whatever John wants to do, I'll do well, not whatever, because he has, (laughs) he would do a lot more than I'll do, but, um, bucket list. Mm -hmm. We both would like to do the seven churches of Asia. I think that's more John than me, but I I'll follow him there. Um, I would like to hike the grand Canyon. Hmm. There's a rim to rim hike. Mm -hmm. That is not like I, I, if I die without doing it, I'll be okay. But I've always kind of wanted to do that. So that's really the only thing I can think of right now is that I have wanted to do is, is to hike Green Canyon. Maybe not in the summertime. Okay. You did great. Great answers. You're good at thinking on the spot. You're, that's a talent of yours. Ooh, okay. I'll take Describing your word Describing things, thinking on the spot, giving good answers. So this was... Thanks. This was beautiful, fun, and I'm going to reciprocate the thoughtful thing that you did for me in last week's episode. You asked my loved ones, my family members to say a few things. So I did the same thing for you and because that meant so much to me and getting to go back and listen to it again when I wasn't under, you know, nervous about the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I got to enjoy it that much more. So um, I just said, I asked them, tell me something that you appreciate about you. And so these are the answers that I got. So first, I'm going to start with Jordan. And he said, things I love about mom. Number one. So there's a list. (laughs) That's a firstborn for you. Number one, growing up, she always made home feel like home, all capital letters, and went to great lengths to make us feel loved. Number two, she was our number one fan in sports, even feeding the whole football team nearly every week. Number three, she's an extremely thoughtful gift giver. She always takes time to think about the things that you like and want. And number four, she's extremely diligent in her studies, is extremely smart, doesn't let her lack of official formal education prevent her or preclude her from learning, serving, and teaching others. 
So Aaron said, um, and for those of you that don't know, this is Jordan's wife, your daughter-in-law. I appreciate that she does not expect perfection. Many times daughters-in-law feel a pressure from mothers-in-law to have a perfect house in immaculate condition or to have perfectly behaved children or to never have a disagreement with their spouse, etc. When they come to visit, I'm comfortable letting them stay in our house that is very lived in by five people, three of them being little people. <clears throat> when they arrive, there's usually a load or two of laundry sitting in the living room, some dishes in the sink, toys across the floor, and for sure, shoes that have not made it to the closet. She has been aware of times that her son and I have had disagreements, and she still loves me. She's let us know that she knows children aren't perfect, and she never wants us to feel like they're judging our, our parenting skills when the kids act out in front of them. I know many wives who fret over visits from the in-laws and worry about what the mother-in-law will think about so many things. I am grateful that it truly feels like family when John and Carla come to visit and that I do not have to fret about things such as these. Mm, means the world to me. I want her to feel that yeah, way. What, what a compliment and what mm. that says about your relationship with her. Mm. Um, I wanted to tell you when Courtney, <clears throat> so I sent messages to the girls, you know, and said, can you and your husband say a few things? Well, Courtney's instant reply was, we can totally do that. It won't be hard at all. Mm. <laughs> so I thought that was very sweet. And mm. she said, as a daughter-in-law, she made me feel so loved and included from the very beginning and has always treated me like one of her own. She's wise, she's thoughtful, but also incredibly humble and relatable. I sometimes still find it hard to believe I got so blessed. <laughs> Micah said, she gave us so much attention, made us feel special in our own ways. That goes back to the mommy days. Pays attention to the little things. When we were younger, we would find something we wanted in January and she would gift it to us for Christmas almost a whole year later. <laughs> <laughs> Made him wait. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think he was saying. I know. What he would mean, remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Jake said, um, some of my favorite things about mom is how brave she has become and the confidence that has developed in her. She has pushed through challenges and fears to become a godly leader, a world traveler, and a source of humble wisdom. She has always been a safe place for comfort and encouragement and has always fully engaged in both our sadness and joy. She fiercely pursued her responsibility to raise us to be godly, faithful, moral, and loving men, and we never once questioned if she loved us. Okay, Alyssa, Jake's wife. The most difficult part of this is making us keep it short. Ha <laughs> ha. And then she said to me, thank you for letting us honor her. She is so worthy of it. So here's how she answered the question. It must first be said that this answer could go on all day long, but you've asked for it to be short or shortish. So here's my restrained attempt at narrowing this down. Carla is home to me. Hmm. She is a safe place where we've spent hours talking and pouring our hearts around tables at kitchen countertops on car rides or while eating with our elbows on the table. She allows you to unapologetically be yourself because she humbly shows her own silly side or not so perfect side and her, you like my cute shoes? I got them from Goodwill side. <laughs> she has taught, convicted, led and loved me spiritually as we've been able to talk through all areas of our faith and faith journeys. She's fun, so fun. I love playing games with her when I'm winning and laughing with her where she gets to that wheezing point where she starts crying. 
She didn't just raise the most amazing man I know in this world. She's my safe place that I have the blessing to also call home. I love her with my whole heart, respect and admire her, and cannot have imagined a mother-in-law like her in my wildest dreams. I hope to tell her that as much as I can. All right. I love so, my girls and my boys. <laughs> and I love you too. Before we get to John's, I wanted to share something from that blog interview I mentioned in the beginning that I wrote 10 years ago. In answer to the question that I asked you, what do you love most about being married to a minister? This was your reply 10 years ago. What I love the most about being married to my minister is that he is truly interested in the soul of every person he meets, no matter their age, their background, their history, their station in life. He completely believes in the mighty power of the word of God, and he does his best to get that word into the heart of the people with whom he comes in contact. He's the most encouraging and selfish, kind, busy, sincere person I know. Of course, he is human, but he learns from his mistakes. He is my hero, and thank you for letting me gush about my minister. Can you tell that I love him? And, you know, from how you described your relationship just a few short minutes ago, it's obvious that in 10 years, it's only been enhanced. So I wanted to share that before I shared what John had to say about you. Finding things I appreciate about Carla could fill a book. It's been so exciting to see how God has worked in her life, her entire life. Early in our life together, she was always busy being a great mother and wife. Then and now, I've always been amazed that she's never idle. Her hands are always busy doing something productive. She has always worked willingly with her hands, and I've watched her over the years, how God has shaped her into Proverbs 31 kind of woman. I could go on and on about how she's made our home a special place for both me and the boys, and now for our daughters-in-law and grandchildren. Her entire life has been dedicated to serving others and putting their needs ahead of hers. She will tell you she's not perfect, and she does, like all of us, have needs and personal goals. But hers have always been secondary. She always puts our marriage first, family, and the church. She sacrificed many of her own personal desires and opportunities to support me in going to college, enroll in college in Jerusalem, having to take care of all three boys on her own, and for me to work in the community and church. I'm amazed at how supportive and encouraging she was in all of that. She has forever sacrificed and still does. I'm still amazed that she would willingly commit to walking through life with me all of life. I cherish and love that she has honored me with the blessing of being able to be with her all of her life. But what do I appreciate the most? Beyond her sacrifices, servant's heart, and untiring work ethic, it would be the relationship she has with Jesus and the commitment she has made to study God's word every day. She doesn't miss a day. I appreciate that she's given her life to ministry and wants to serve and is always helping me with so many, many things. One thing that I appreciate so much is that she is the only one that has ever read everything I've ever written. She's proofed them all. She always impresses me with how she can develop friendships with so many and that it is always genuine. Amen to that. There's no pretense, facade, or veneer in Carla. She's the same at home as she is in public. Little things, but still so big that I appreciate. She's always keen to make me my favorite dinner, especially when I'm feeling down or sick, that she works so hard to make Christmas so special, that she loves her family with such devotion, that she makes really awesome breakfast pizza and Neiman Marcus chocolate chip oatmeal cookies, that she takes the time to thoughtfully respond to someone who has questions or doubts, that she's my best friend. She worries about something happening to her, not because of her, but because she knows I couldn't function without her. 
was very wordy. It was. It wasn't <laughs> shortish at all. But oh, thank you for doing that. Very beautiful. And so I have one more. I wanted to put a little surprise one in here. It's from Danny Petrillo. So for those who don't know, this is Carla's boss. He's the president of the Bear Valley Bible Institute. And this is what Denny had to say about Carla. I said, what is something that you appreciate about her? He said, this is a tough assignment because I'm totally blown away by Carla. She's an incredibly sensitive and caring person. Her care for others, <clears throat> especially our female students is clear. However, she is able to be frank when the situation requires it. She is certainly not a pushover. On top of all of this, Carla is very knowledgeable of the scriptures. She has impacted so many with her classes at Bear Valley in her daily Bible studies that hundreds, and then he put in parentheses, thousands of women are a part of. Carla frequently has students over, feeds them, and is just a friend and mentor. What a huge blessing to Bear Valley. Oh, he goes on. I've also made several trips to Israel with Carla and John, of course. Carla's work behind the scenes is truly amazing. I doubt that we could pull off those trips without the good work she does. I feel very, ble very blessed to have Carla on board with the work of Bear Valley. She has truly made a big impact. That's very sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I know we've run out of time and you have lots to do today, <laughs> but I, I wanted to close by saying this about you and John. When people spend time with you and they leave, they leave feeling refreshed because you're just those kind of people. You make people feel better about themselves and the world in life after they've been with you. And I've experienced that and I know many people have. And it makes me think of uh, Philemon and what Paul had to say to him when he wrote, refresh my heart in the Lord. And so I can't think of a better description of you. And as we end this interview, I wanted to use his words there in your honor. And he said, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you see the snot coming out of my nose? <laughs> You're a pretty crier. You're not uh -oh. an ugly crier. <laughs> that was very, very sweet, Alpha. Thank you. Well, thank treasure you. Treasure that. Thank you for sharing yourself with all of us. Um, it's been so much fun. I knew I'd enjoy it. I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed it. And to those who have tuned in for this, thank you so much. We know we're all blessed to know you and love you. And we'll be praying that God will continue to use you to his glory. And until next time. Keep looking up. Keep looking up. Love you so much, friends. I love you too.